Hello and welcome to Chills, a podcast where we talk about the paranormal, true crime, and our own personal paranormal stories. I'm your host, Nina Cardona. And I'm Preston Pores. We now have Halloween merch available at chillspodcastnp.store, or you can find the link in this week's episode description. The Halloween merch is only available for a limited time, so get yours while you can. This week, we have a personal true crime story sent in by one of our listeners. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Chills. The names and location of this story have been changed as requested by our listener. The only thing she does want to mention is that it did happen in Mexico. I was 15 years old at the time, and I was living in Mexico with my mom, Elena, my dad, Miguel, and my seven siblings. I come from an affluent family, and we are well known by most people in the town of Tranquilo. Unfortunately, one day I noticed that I had caught the eye of a very powerful man by the name of Epifanio. Epifanio did not live in the town of Tranquilo, but his parents did. Epifanio was not a good man. He was corrupt and used his power for his own personal gain. He worked for a powerful military general in another town in Mexico. I would describe Epifanio as an intimidating guy. He was in his 30s and around 6 feet tall, and he was always flashing his guns, his AR-15s, everywhere he went. He also had around 5 bodyguards with him at all times. Unfortunately, his parents only lived a couple houses down from my family. I would always see him outside his house flashing his guns around, drinking, and playing loud music, almost like he wanted to attract attention. He didn't visit his family that often because he had a wife and kids in the town of Basil where he worked. Once he saw me, he started visiting almost every weekend. This is when I noticed him watching me. He wouldn't go up and talk to me, but I noticed that wherever I went, he would be there, outside just waiting for me. It was random places like the store or whenever I would go out with my friends. Wherever I went, he was always there. It creeped me out to the point that I decided to tell my aunt Gloria what was happening. I explained how this man was following me and I didn't know what to do. I asked Tia Gloria if I should tell my mom Elena about what was happening. Tia Gloria said that she would go out with me to see if this guy was really following me before we escalate the situation. So Tia Gloria and I walk to the store, and once we walk out, we notice that Epifanio is there waiting for me. Tia Gloria, in a fit of rage, starts screaming at him, telling him to back off, that I'm just a young girl, etc. When Epifanio heard this, he decided to leave. Now that Tia Gloria is concerned for my safety, we go and tell my mom what was happening. My mom tells me that she isn't letting me out of the house anymore, warning me that this man is capable of kidnapping me, And if he does, there wouldn't be anything they could do about it. My mom also tells me that we cannot tell my dad Miguel about the situation. The reason being was because he had a short temper. And who knows what he would do to Epifanio if he found out. A week before Christmas, I noticed that Epifanio was getting braver. And he would appear everywhere I was. He was stalking me at this point. So when I did have to go somewhere and leave my house, I would have someone like one of my siblings walk out with me in order to block his view. I would make a run for it whenever he would take off to get lunch or when he wasn't paying attention. 
At this point, I was hiding from him, hiding the fact that I was leaving my own house. One day when my dad was coming back home from running errands, Epifanio called him over and invited him to have a drink. My dad did not like this man, but agreed to it because Epifanio was flashing his guns at him trying to intimidate my dad. While my dad was there drinking with him, Epifanio pointed a gun at my dad and told him that he likes me and he wants to take me with him. Remember, this man is in his 30s and I'm only 15, so he doubled my age. Not only that, he's married with children. This angered my dad, so when he left and went home, he grabbed his guns and was ready to kill him. It sounds a bit extreme, but that was his only option. He can't tell the police because they work for Epifanio. When my mom Elena found out, she asked one of my brothers to barricade my dad's door to stop him from leaving. So my brother grabs some tires that my dad had laying around and one by one stacks them against the door. My mom also took my dad's boots and hid them, making it harder for him to leave. Now we move forward to Christmas Eve. Of course, like the teenage girl I was, I wanted to go out to the plaza with my friend Paula. My dad was strict, and even if I didn't have Epifanio after me, there was no way I could stay out past 12 midnight. I was in the choir at the time, so I lied to my dad and told him Paula and I were going to the midnight mass to sing in the choir. He agreed to let me go, so Paula and I made our way to the plaza. The reason I wanted to go to the plaza was because each year they have a festival for Our Lady of Guadalupe. There are rides, games where you can win prizes, and amazing food, sort of like a fair. This festival goes on for nine days, from the 23rd of December to the 1st of January. It's not just people from our town that attend. People from other states such as Texas and California are there as well. In the center of the plaza, there's a big courtyard and the girls will usually walk around the courtyard with their friends. If a guy is interested in one of them, they will throw confetti on them, buy them flowers, stuffed animals, etc. This was a way that women were able to meet men who weren't from that town. Or you could simply walk around and have a good time. The plaza gets so packed that you would have to walk with the flow of the crowd to get to where you need to go. My friend Paula and I started walking with the flow of the crowd when all of a sudden I feel someone grab my arm and forcefully pull me away. My initial reaction was to try and pull away from them, but their grip was too tight and I couldn't. When I look over, I see it's Epifanio. He was holding on to me with his left hand and had a gun in his right hand. Then suddenly he pointed his gun up and started shooting. He was trying to clear a path so that he could kidnap me. People started running, trying to escape the scene. Everything was happening so fast. I felt disoriented because of the loud gunshots. It took me a little bit to process what was even happening. Paula, witnessing everything, decides to run up to him and pushes him as hard as she could. Epifanio lost his balance and let go of my arm in order to try to catch himself from falling. Paula grabs me and we make a run for it. The church is right next to the plaza, so we run inside and hide. While we were running from him, he started shooting at the crowd. I believe he was so angry that he was trying to kill me. Fortunately, mass was going on, so it was packed inside the church. 
The people who witnessed the attempted kidnapping came inside to warn me that Epifania was standing outside with his bodyguards, gun in hand, waiting for me. Him and his bodyguards were blocking the entrance of the church. At this point, I'm feeling helpless. I didn't know what to do or who to call. Everyone inside the church knew what was happening, even the people who were not involved. This is when one of my friends, Catalina, who was in the choir, and happened to be the priest's sister, told me that they needed to get me out of there. Catalina explains, If we don't get you out of here before the mass ends, he will most likely come inside after you. She asked the choir for help, and they all agreed. Luckily, there were about 15 to 20 people in the choir. The plan was that they would all walk out together, huddled up. What they did to sneak me out was that they had several men carrying me between them, so I was in a crouching position. They lifted me up, but they had me low enough to where my head wasn't visible and high enough where my feet weren't visible either. They walk out, talking amongst themselves, acting as if nothing was going on. Surprisingly, it worked. They ended up walking me to my friend Bala's house, since it was only a block away from the church. They made sure I was safe before they left, and immediately after, I called my mom to tell her what happened. She told me to stay at Bala's house, because that was the safest option, since Epifanio would most likely go to my house looking for me. A few days passed by, and Epifanio would drive back and forth in front of my house. He would even park in front of the house, close enough for him to see me. We still didn't want to tell my dad, because we knew someone would have ended up dead. My mom decided that I was going to go to the next town over and stay with my uncles, my dad's brothers. This way, if anything did happen, or Epifanio came looking for me, my uncles could protect me. My uncles are all really tall and big men, at the least around 6 feet, so my mom knew I'd be safe there. I was hesitant to go at first, told my mom that I didn't want to leave them. What if Epifanio came in here looking for me, and I was not here? I did not want him to hurt my parents or my siblings. My mom assured me nothing would happen to them and that I needed to leave. Leaving my house was not easy. Epifanio was always around, so it was nearly impossible to leave without him seeing me. We asked a friend if we could borrow his truck. We didn't want to risk taking our vehicle and Epifanio recognizing the truck as ours and following us. Luckily, they agreed. So once Epifanio left to get lunch, we parked the truck right outside my house, practically blocking the front porch. They open the back door of the truck, and my mom and brothers walk out and just stand around to block Epifanio's view in case he does come back. I get inside the vehicle and lay down in the back seat. I made it to the next town safely, and I stayed there for a few days. My mom noticed that Epifanio seemed to back off, which means he probably had to go back to work. My mom goes over to his parents' house and just starts making small talk with him. She brings up their son Epifanio and asks them if he had left already. They mention that he did, he had to leave for work, and they aren't sure when he's coming back. He works in the town of Asio, which is around 6 hours away from our town of Tranquilo. So it doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon. It turns out his parents also don't like him. They know he's corrupt and a bad man, but they're also afraid of him. So finally, I'm able to come home, but my mom is still worried. She doesn't know what to do or how she's going to keep me safe. Less than a month has passed by when we receive some shocking news. Turns out he was murdered by one of his bodyguards, 
We don't know why or how it happened. The story happened around 30 years ago, and it was hard for me to tell the story because it brought back some bad memories. I just wanted to bring awareness to the situation and how kidnappings are still very common in Mexico. Keep up the good work. I love listening to your podcast at home, in my car, or when I'm at work. Thank you for the time and reading my story. Oh my God. That sounds like a movie, doesn't it? This was, this was an amazing story. I am so glad you and your family are safe. Thank you so much for sending in this story. I know it was hard for you to do, so thank you. It is sad to see that this is still happening today. And that concludes this week's episode of Chills. If you have any personal paranormal or true crime stories, you can write them in to us at chillspodcastnp at gmail.com. We'll see you Monday.